You're listening to episode 33 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they've discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and then we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is my third solo episode of a series in which I'm sharing a bit more about my story and my journey to becoming aligned. If you missed the last two episodes, please check those out before coming back to this one. I wanted to create this short series in the hopes it will help you along your own personal journey and also give you a better understanding of the Becoming Aligned process, which is the basic structure and foundation for my coaching program and my upcoming online course, which I'll be sharing more about in 2020. In last week's solo episode, I unpacked some of the shoulds that were in my personal copy of the Good Girl Handbook. These are the external expectations, the almost unwritten rules that I had internalized over time. I also introduced this concept of self-compassion and how I think it's an essential component for personal growth, even though I personally resisted this concept for a while. I remember when I first started therapy, I was beginning to see my life through a different lens and from a different perspective. And to be honest, I was pissed off that I didn't see it that way before. Why hadn't I questioned the shoulds in my life? Why did I take them to be truth? How was it possible that I was in my late 30s and I didn't really know what I wanted? I was just like so mad at myself and I was placing blame on myself. The ironic piece was I chose to go to therapy because I felt stuck in many areas of my life. And yet here I was in therapy feeling stuck as well. I was mad and disappointed with myself. I wanted things to make sense. I wanted answers, some how-to advice to help me get over this bump in the road and keep me moving along. But I began to realize, slowly but surely, that I would continue to repeat the same patterns if I didn't allow myself to grow and evolve. And let me tell you, growth isn't easy. It requires an openness to a new perspective. It also requires, requires a certain amount of letting go. Letting go of the person you thought you were and that you thought you wanted to be. For me personally, I began to realize that I was doing everything I could to achieve goals that I wanted for my future in terms of my relationship and my career. I was so determined to make it to this non-existent finish line. My focus was on, on achieving because that would justify all the work I had put in. But I wasn't enjoying the journey. And I expect that all journeys have some bumpy roads and challenging times, but I was staying on this course to prove a point, to prove my value, to feel like I was deserving of love and success. And therein lies the problem. 
I didn't feel like I was deserving of love and belonging unless I was working my butt off and moving towards my dreams and my goals. It's funny because I never thought of myself as a, as a perfectionist because I was so far from perfect, <laughs> but I was absolutely driven by a fear of failure. Whenever I had a vacation or break, I would almost always get sick. I would just crash and burn. I was in all or nothing mode. And to be honest, I, I kind of took pride in it at the time. I knew how to be in a constant state of doing and work towards goals and end results. I would pour myself into whatever I was working on, and I didn't allow space for my feelings. I pushed them aside and I pressed on. I think we tend to glamorize perfectionism in our society. It's like a badge of honor in some ways. But the truth is, perfectionism is driven by a fear of rejection and disapproval. Which is why it's so important to be connected to our why, and to be clear about our motivation and how we want to feel. Because there is a way to work hard towards your goals and dreams without falling into the perfectionism trap. It's called healthy striving, and I, I love um, the definition of it. And I'll, I'll link to a site that shares the difference between perfectionism and healthy striving in the show notes. But let me go over some points about healthy striving right now in case you've never heard of it. Healthy striving is setting standards that are high but within reach, where perfectionism is setting standards and goals that are outside of your reach. Healthy striving is enjoying the process as well as the outcome, which is something that I wasn't doing so much in the example that I shared. Healthy striving is bouncing back quickly from failure or disappointment. Healthy striving is keeping normal anxiety and fear of failure within bounds. It's seeing mistakes as opportunities for growth and learning, and it's reacting positively to healthy criticism, which I just, I think that's such a great this definition because it shows that we can work hard. We can reach for our goals and our dreams without becoming so single-mindedly focused and, um, and being driven by a fear of failure or rejection. Brene Brown specifically describes perfectionism as a 20-ton shield, which I think is really appropriate. Because it does. It hides us from our feelings and it, perfects, it protects us from letting the outside world actually see who we are. But it makes sense that we choose to carry the shield to, or wear this armor when our sense of self-worth and value is based on the opinion of others and how we measure up or how we're seen. But when our perspective or mindset is more internally focused and driven, then we don't need to armor up. We can feel grounded in who we are and allow our truth to shine. But how do we create these shifts? I found myself thinking back to a book by Carol Dweck called Mindset. It's based on her decades of research as a Stanford University psychologist. She's discovered that there are two mindsets. There's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. A growth mindset thrives on challenge and sees failure as a learning opportunity rather than a measure of innate ability. There's a focus on the process, effort, and development. As Carol Dweck shared in her TED Talk, which I'll also link to in the show notes, there's a power in the word yet. For example, I don't understand this yet. Basically a belief that you can grow and improve. With a fixed mindset, there's a belief that your character, your intelligence, and your creative ability are essentially fixed or static, and that it can't be changed in any meaningful way. There is a a striving for success while avoiding failure at all cost, and a strong need to prove your value. 
As Carol Dweck shares, imperfections are seen as shameful. Interesting, right? At least I found it interesting. (laughs) Another interesting thing to me is that we can have a growth mindset in certain areas of our life and a fixed mindset in others. Which when I reflect back on my own kind of journey, I can absolutely see areas where I had a really great, strong growth mindset and areas where I might have been more fixed in my mindset. So I think it's kind of interesting to kind of look at that for ourselves. But the good news is we can learn to apply and practice a growth mindset. So even if we have some areas that we display more of a fixed mindset in, we can begin to switch that. Because I know for myself, like I like to think of myself as an optimistic person who believes I'm capable of doing whatever I put my mind to. But if I'm honest with myself, I know I have limiting beliefs that have served as obstacles on my own journey. Here's a small example. As a long distance runner, I always believed that I was inflexible. There's this kind of accepted belief that if you run long distances, you have tight tight hamstrings and tight muscles overall. It's almost something of a, a bonding experience for distance runners. And it can be true, absolutely, it can be true. But it doesn't have to be true. Like many long distance runners, I also hated to stretch or do mobility work. I didn't think I was good at it, and so I put very little time and effort into it. I totally avoided it as much as I could. It was a challenge that I did not embrace. Of course, that lack of mobility and the overall strength that comes along with it would come back to haunt me in the form of injuries over the years. I think that's what so often happens in other areas as well. And I don't think I'm alone in this. And I think this can manifest in small, seemingly harmless ways that can have bigger impacts than we imagine. I'm a perfectionist. I'm lazy. I'm not creative. It might not seem like the biggest deal to say those things, but if that's who you believe you are, what lengths are you willing to go to to control that narrative? Carol Dweck shares that someone with a fixed mindset will be tempted to cheat or avoid a task altogether, like me and my stretching and mobility work. Or they might assign blame and make excuses if it doesn't work out the way they want it. Whereas someone with a growth mindset sees mistakes as an opportunity to learn and grow. I know for me personally, I wanted to foster a growth mindset because I could recognize that I had become more focused on meeting external expectations and disconnected from my internal desires and values. So I began to focus on the process. And to help me do so, I created something I call the self-discovery guide. I mentioned it in um, my solo episode number one. It's a guided journal that I created to help me shift my perspective, to help me begin to focus on that process aspect. My regular journal had become a dumping ground for all of the negative thoughts I had about myself. And so I retired it for a while and began using these guided prompts as a way to tune in and listen to myself in a new way. I began to ask myself questions like, how does this make me feel? What am I looking forward to? What went well? What was challenging? What can I use support with? What am I grateful for? I began asking questions and approaching life with a sense of curiosity rather than judgment. This approach reminds me of an activity I did in religion class in high school. We had religion class because I went to an all-girls Catholic high school on the northwest side of Chicago. My teacher, who was amazing, Mr. Longo, he had us do an activity where we would choose three different places of worship and attend one of their services. Then we would write a paper on our experience. He knew that most of us had been raised Catholic and felt that it was really important for us to ask questions 
and explore other religions to determine if our values truly aligned with being Catholic, so that we were not just blindly following a faith that we had been raised in. I feel he was so wise to to teach us to ask questions, to be open. He created a brave space for uncertainty and for exploration, and he opened up the possibility that we might not know the answer yet. This is powerful because so many of us feel there is no room for error, that we can't make mistakes, that we should be fully formed in our ideas and beliefs, which is essentially a fixed mindset. But ideally, we're still growing and evolving, and that requires that we put ourselves in situations where we don't know the answers yet, that we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable and to feel challenged, because that can lead to growth and discovery. Like anything else, it's helpful to start small. I started with the self-discovery guide. I would use the questions I mentioned earlier as my prompts, and every day I would check in and write. For me, writing allowed me to dig deeper and connect. But I also think creativity and play are so helpful because it takes us out of our head and into a space where we can allow ourselves to explore. We can put our armor away and just be. It's a window into connecting with our authentic self. Restorative movement, meditation, and tuning into your own breath are all great ways to reconnect. I think it's really important to find something that feels right for you. I don't think there's one right answer for everyone. But I do think something we can all do is to become aware of our negative self-talk, to notice it and then reframe it. An example might be, I am so stupid, I'll never understand this. To, I'm still learning and working on understanding this framework. In the past, myself and one of my dear friends would hold each other accountable. Whenever the other person would say something negative about themselves, we would kindly point it out so that they can reframe what they said. I would love to challenge you to do something like that this week. Pay attention to your self-talk. Even even recruit a close friend if you'd like. But take some notice to how you talk to yourself internally and even the words that actually come out of your mouth. And just pay attention to how you speak about yourself. And when you catch yourself saying something negative, you know, try to kind of pull that back and, and reframe it for yourself in a more positive way, in a more growth-oriented type of perspective. And if you give this a try, I would love to hear about your experience. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I so appreciate it. Um, and if this episode resonated with you, I would really appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. Thanks again for taking the time to listen, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Um, In the next two weeks, I'll have solo episode number four, and I look forward to, to chatting with you more then. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.